Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is your boy Jalen, and uh, let's just talk about what's what's really most important before we really dive into some sports topics. Um, so I think it was Monday, I believe, or two, or I think it was Monday. Another African American, um, unarmed African American man by the name of Dante Wright was murdered in Minnesota um, by the hands of the cops. I think they were exercising a, a, a warrant or whatever, but that doesn't, I mean, you know, you can't, at some point, being tired of something just doesn't really cut it. You know what I mean? Like, we saw a, a home homeboy massacre, like roll up into a store and massacre like what ten plus plus people, uh, and of course because he was white, it's crazy how when you're white, cops find a way to um, to find restraint, but they just lose all restraint when you're African American. Um, and I know a lot, a lot of people are going to say it was an accidental discharge. The, the lady's gun, that the, the officer's gun, she was a lady, um, that killed uh, Dante Wright. She, was, uh, she said it was an accidental discharge. She accidentally thought it was a taser or a stun gun instead of a gun. Look here, I'm not a cop. I'm not anywhere close to being a cop. I don't want to be a cop. But I do know the difference between a stun gun slash taser and an a, a a real gun, and and it's not the fact that I know it, right? It's the fact that the person, the people that the person, one of the the people that we that is expected to protect and serve us did not know the difference between a taser and a gun. And and here, don't, don't get me wrong. And, and again, it's just another incident, man. It's what's what's unfortunate is and it's going to happen here. It's going to happen with this show. I, I start with the show, you know, I start this is this is how I start the show and then I'm just going to I'm just going to go on to something else. It's like People are so numb to the fact that this continuously happens. It's like I hear a lot of people say they're outraged and uh, they want change. We need change. It's time for change. Change should it should, <laughs> it should have been time for change, bro. Like been time. And what's even worse is the fact that. If you're really being honest with yourself, and I think the saddest part about it is black people know, bro, like, 
we know how this is going to end with homegirl. Of course, she's white. And they're going to, of course, the me, you know, a lot of the media wants to tack on. He had a criminal record and he did drugs and had a lot of money and this, that, and the third. They'll find any way to throw dirt on his name. Not the fact that he is dead. And I think he was 20 years old. I'm 26. He was 20. We've seen people. Hell, Malcolm X sold, sold drugs when he was younger. And you saw how he turned up to be. I'm not saying that Dante Wright was a criminal. I'm not saying he was he was just wild in these streets. What I'm saying is for the pe- the same people that want to throw out, throw dirt on people's name are the same people that just negate the fact that anybody could change. But that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that a person, another African-American, another African-American male that is, he was 20 years old, is dead. Due to the due to the mishandling of a situation because he's black and an accidental discharge from a person that their job is to protect us. They did not know the difference between a taser and a gun. I've never shot a taser. I've shot a gun. I've never shot a taser. I've held a taser. I've held a, a little police jump. You know how police come to the school and they let you hold it even though it don't work. Even at a young age, I knew the difference between a taser slash stun gun and a real gun. And I was a kid. I'm not, it's not my job to protect people. But again, unfortunately, this is yet another string. This is yet another incident in the ever-evolving web that is police brutality and police mishandlings of African-American people. Let's say he was a, let's say, let's, let's just say he was a thug, which, you know, they love to use that word. Let's just say he was a, a criminal. Let's just say he, he, his, his warrants were, were heinous, even though his warrants were bull. Let's just say his warrants were heinous. It goes back to the point. We just saw somebody roll up in a store and mow down, what, 10 plus people. We also saw the same man walk out. Yes, he got shot in the leg, but we saw that same man walk out. I seen it. I synced him on CNN. I seen him in handcuffs walking with police after killing 10 plus people. Yet and still, and, and, and the dude, he murdered, like murked them, had a gun and everything, murdered these people. There's 10 plus families that are affected for the rest of their lives. Police found restraint. Yet, and, yet however, I guess on the other hand, an African-American kid, he was 20 years old, he wasn't even allowed to drink yet somehow they couldn't find no type of restraint and he's dead 
He's dead. And 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 shouts out to you know the Minnesota sports. I know the Timberwolves. They uh. They postponed their game. They were supposed to play the same as um the Minnesota the 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 hockey team and the baseball team. Uh, shouts out to them. It's crazy how people say, um, you know, athletes and in, in, in sports people should stick to sports. Uh, yet and still, they look to sports to do the right thing in situations like this. So what is it? Again, man, um, I pray for the family of Dante Wright. I pray for everyone that's affected. Um, Unfortunately, it's another African-American that is not able to make it home. And, and and I think what's even worse, I mean, it's bad, of course. There's a man, there's a, another person, whether they're a male, female, black. What, uh, there's another African-American dead. And I think the worst part about it is black people know what's gonna, how this is going to turn out. Even if, even if miraculously homegirl goes to jail. She ain't going to jail for life. She ain't. She might get a little slap on her wrist. I think she's right now um, on leave, paid leave, by the way. Um, so it's just, you know, it, it's you know, it, it really shows. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get off this in a second, man. But it really shows just how much people don't care about about the current situation. Yo, we just spent, we were in a whole pandemic and people like the world, the world, the world, the entire world protested against police brutality and the unfair treatment of African-Americans. The whole world. And yet and still today, there, we're on a pace to break a word nothing has changed <laughs> and it's what's even worse is the excuses they come i'm not gonna the excuses they come up with is starting to get it's starting to get wicked man like the george floyd i didn't know um my knee was in his neck and i didn't know he couldn't breathe even though he was saying on tape i couldn't breathe I thought it was a stun gun. I didn't know that it was an actual gun. I seen the world protest against the treatment that African Americans receive from the police. Uh, and the world seen it because the world protested. And I guess it's still, I mean, you know, I guess it didn't do much. It was uh, as unfortunate as it was. It's just another moment in time. Because Deontay, oh, no, I'm sorry. 
Dante Wright cannot, will not, is not here anymore because the mishandlings of a situation by the people that we are supposed to trust to protect us. That's their job. It'd be, that's their job. So again, I pray for the family of Dante Wright. I pray that they're able to seek God in this moment and God's able to uh, get them through a really tough time, really tough situation. So let's, uh, let's move on. Mm-mm-mm. Let's move on. Uh, so it's funny. We we were just talking about, um, police brutality and talking about, uh, the treatment that some people get from cops and some people don't. And, you know, the Asian hate, you know, there's the movement, um, stop Asian hate has been floating around ever since, well, ever since the coronavirus, honestly, but, uh, you know, homie rolled up in Atlanta, rolled up into some salons and just started shooting, um, who, by the way, I think is still alive too, but it is what it is. Uh, why am I saying all this? I think it was really good. And, and shouts out to Hadik Hadiki Matsuma. Uh, if I messed up, if I busted your name, I, I apologize. For winning the Masters. He is the first Japanese man to ever win the Masters. Uh and he won it by one stroke, which for people that don't know, that's kind of a, a, a seismic lead. Uh, you know, it's 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 I love seeing situations where African-Americans or people or minorities break into things that they weren't originally supposed to break into. Because think about it. hell, even the word the masters, the masters was it was. The name was derived off slave masters. They would go, you know, and 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 on their off time, go play golf. You know what I mean? And the masters took. I think it was one of the longest running segregated sports. And even to this day, even with how dominant Tiger Woods was, they still looked at him sideways. And you see how they turned on him quick when the whole first situation happened. Uh, and Again, man, it's it's it when you crack into something that you're not supposed to cra- or quote unquote not supposed to crack into, it's a beautiful thing. So, I, shouts out, man. Shouts out to Hadiki Masu, uh, Matsu Matsu <laughs> Matsuyama. I apologize again for butchering your name, but congratulations to you for winning the Masters. Uh, it you know, it, and, and he won it. F- like handedly too like it wasn't it really wasn't that close and I, I love the fact that you know after situations like that you that you ask questions like you know what does this mean for your race and did you win this for you know all of Japan and 
what does this mean being the first Japanese man? And I love that he said, I want it for myself. You know, a lot of people, which unfortunately some people are thrown into the situation, but a lot of people don't want to be mortars. A lot of people don't want to, you know, have a legacy of a whole generation of a whole race on you. And, and he said it like it, it's big for ja Japan, but I want I wanted to win for myself. I don't he he was he was the top and right now is the top golfer and rightfully so. And shouts out to him for winning, for being the first Japanese man uh, to win a ma to win a, ma a major championship, not even just a Masters, a major championship. Uh, and again, man, it's I, I like the fact that he he was honest about it. Like, yo, I, I mean, <laughs> I won it, and I and I wanted to win for myself. And he he did it. He he did it. He did it. So shouts out, Hadik Matsuyama again. If I mess up, I, I'm sure I butchered your name. I apologize. I, I didn't mean no disrespect by it. But shouts out to you for winning the Masters. Congratulations. And we're talking about awards and we're talking about, uh, I guess, achievements. And the other night, Steph Curry passed Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, I'm sorry. Wilt Chamberlain in score, uh, as an all-time leading scorer for Golden State. Uh, I think going into the game against the Denver Nuggets, he needed 19 points to pass Wilt, and he ended up getting 53. Uh, first and foremost, I, the reason why this is this is so huge is because when we think about Wilt and we talk about Wilt, it's like Wilt is like a, 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 a it's like a fairy tale. It's like a uh, uh, Sasquatch. Wilt is like the Loch Ness monster. It's like when you hear some of the stats that he put up. Uh, you know, it 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 is it is. I mean, one. I think. I mean, we all know about the one hundred point game, but I think there was a couple seasons when he averaged fifty or more points. Uh, averaged twenty three. I think he averaged twenty three rebounds a game for his entire career, which is <laughs> which is crazy. Now. Steph Curry passing uh, Will Chamberlain and scoring for Golden State. A lot of people want to. I heard a lot of people say, you know, it's a different era, three point era. Yes, and a lot of people wanted to throw dirt and kind of uh, diminish what Steph Curry did. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, Steph, what we're looking at right now and what we're looking at in Steph Curry is one of the most important players. The league has ever seen one of the most and if not the most influential player I'm not saying he's better than Jordan I'm not saying he's better than LeBron I'm not saying he's better than all-time greats but what I am saying is we're living in a time where Steph Curry you can see any type of basketball you can see college basketball you can see high school you can see AAU you can see peewee you, you can see any any type of hell, even overseas, and see Steph Curry's imprint on that. You're seeing kids now, two steps past half court, pulling. I remember in college, right? I remember in college, uh, we were, it was homecoming, I believe, and we were playing, we were destroying this team, and, and I was in the game, and I think I just hit two threes. I hit two threes, 
and I was going like I was, you know, you know, you hit two threes in a row, you know, a heat check is coming. And <laughs> through, I took three steps past half court and then let it fly. And when I, when I tell you I missed, I didn't miss bad, but I missed, I looked over, I saw my replacement coming. I was like, ah, kids are starting to do that more. People are starting to do that. You look at, you look at the national championship, right? And you look at how Baylor, their, their, their almost entire team were three-point shooters. Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, uh, Nicole, Nikhil Teague. Like, you saw their entire, even their big, their, their big the, uh, homie with the mullet. They have shooters, and they shoot. Look at, look at all the teams outside of Gonzaga, because Gonzaga really wasn't the greatest three-point shooter, but Michigan was a great three-point shooter. Houston, I mean, three-point shooting team. Houston was a great three-point shooting team. Uh, Oregon State was a great three-point shooting team. Um, hell, Oral Roberts was a great three-point shooting team. All the teams that are good are great three-point shooting teams, or at least made a, a, a deep run in the playoffs or in, the, in March Madness are great shooting teams. And you can, you can, there's not really, except for if you just really can't shoot, but there's not really a bad shot anymore because of Steph Curry. I, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying he's going to go down in history as the greatest player ever. No, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is there is a really strong possibility that he could go down as one of, if not the most influential player ever. When we talk about influence, we talk about Allen Iverson, my all-time favorite player. He's the reason why I got into loving basketball. He's the reason why I got into loving sports, honestly. Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James. Those are influential players. But when we look at Iverson, not all the, you know, of course, influential due to his style and the way that, you know, his approach to the game, how he wasn't the biggest player, yet he was making, you know, he was he was saucing people. Michael Jordan hit, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, his global reach, his global impact on the game. LeBron James, arguably the greatest player of all time. Uh, his his reach and how he's he's been great on and off the court. He's really one of the first athletes outside of maybe Mike uh, Allen Iverson to really make a statement off the court. Steph Curry has changed the way that we look at basketball, changed the way that basketball is played. Hell, changed the way that pickup basketball is played. Now, people can say, I mean, we've been shooting threes. No, <laughs> of course we've been shooting threes. But there is a direct correlation to the time Steph Curry got into the league. Before then, teams teams weren't pulling 10. Teams were probably shooting maybe 10 to 15 threes a game. Teams. Last night, Steph Curry made 10. James Harden takes 15. No, we know the Rockets' philosophy when it comes to threes, especially with James Harden there. That is a direct correlation to Steph Curry. Again, I'm not. Congratulations to Steph Curry for passing Wilt Chamberlain um, as an all time leading scorer in Golden State. Steph Curry is one of the greatest players, I would say. Yeah, it's 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 easy to say. Steph Curry is one of the greatest players we've ever seen. 
and we remember the the I don't know if you remember, but we remember how 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 what it took to get there. You know, not getting recruited by all the big schools, went to Davison, getting drafted um, behind two point guards in Ricky Rubio and uh, oh, what's what's homie's name? Johnny Flynn. We remember all the ankle injuries that he dealt with, ankle surgeries, uh, and then of course to get to where he is now. It's not even a question. Of course, there's people that are you know Kyrie fans. There's people that are Damian Lillard fans. Uh, there's people that, of course, Chris Paul fans, but there's Universal who is the best. There's not, unless you just living on the rock. It is Universal of who was the best point guard in the league. And honestly, to me, he's 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 crept into that most disrespected player. Again, I, I understand there's there's a lot of people in that list, but most disrespected player, Steph Curry, is second in the league, I believe, in scoring. Uh, when he's not on the floor for for Golden State, Golden State has one of the worst offenses in league history. When he is on the floor, I think they're thirteenth in the in the in 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 the league this year in scoring. You go from thirteenth in the league in in scoring with you on the floor to to bottom five in league history with you off and. That player, I'm not saying that he is going to win or should win the MVP, but that player is barely talked about in MVP discussions. When when we talk about, I heard Skip Bayless say yesterday, when we talk about Steph Curry's greatness, St- Skip Bayless had the nerve to say Steph Curry is a regular season player. A three-time champion is a regular season player. And, of course, he attributes – uh, Curry not winning a championship. I mean, not winning a Finals MVP. The 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 collapse, the three one collapse. Even though there was a lot more that went into it than just Curry. Curry didn't play well. I'm not gonna hold you, but there was a lot more into it. <laughs> Again, we're looking at. There will never be another Steph Curry. You 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 know, a, a lot of people want to say, but what about uh? You know, um, what about Trey Young? What about players like um, Darren Fox? What about players like uh, Luca? You know what I mean? They will never be another step. As great as um, Trey Young is and, and will probably end up being, there will never be another Steph Curry. The way he has changed the game, the sport. Of basketball there will never be another Steph. so again congratulations to Steph Curry for passing Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain in Golden State's all-time leading scorer uh, list I guess and there's also something to be said that he is one of a few players that's only played for one franchise of course you have Dirk you have um, Reggie Miller of course you have Dame at this point uh and, and of course, we know we don't know how it's going to end. But Curry has said he wants to be a lifer in Golden State. Golden State said they want Curry for life. It's it's something to be said about that, man. So shouts out to Curry. Shouts out to Stephen Curry. Let's move forward. Let's move over to a little bit of football. Um, so of course we're still in the off season, and there's still plenty of free agents that are 
that are still on the on the chopping block, I guess you can say. Um, not on the chopping block. There's still free agents waiting to see where they go. Uh, and, of course, this isn't really the season. Right now, teams are focused on preparing for the draft, the draft on the 29th. And what I want to do is I want to take about uh, – I'm not going to say all the free agents because there's still a whole bunch, but I'm just, I'm just going to say 10. 10 free agents and where their best fit is. Now, I don't think that – some of these probably they probably won't go to any of these teams I said, but this is where their best fit is. Uh, some of them, you know, still up there in age, but all of these players are still could still be quality players for and and game changing players for some of these teams. So again, I'm just gonna do ten random uh, and and let's let's talk or ten random free agencies but they're 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 pretty top free agents you know so let's start with antonio brown let's start with antonio brown antonio brown teams aren't antonio brown has not fallen off as terms of talent the the problem with antonio brown is of course all the off the field antics all the you don't know if you can trust him. Antonio Brown still has a talent to be a number one wide receiver. I mean, he hasn't fallen off a cliff. It's just teams saw how it ended in Pittsburgh. Teams saw how it ended in uh, Oakland. Teams saw how it – or it's not even Oakland anymore, is it? It's uh, the Vegas. Vegas teams saw how it ended in New England. And teams don't know if – they want to take a flyer on someone like Antonio Brown. Again, his talent-wise is up there. And this is what I said, you know, when you look at sometimes your – sometimes teams, most of the times, teams can overlook your off-the-field issues if you're still talented. The thing about Antonio Brown is things – they keep doing that and it keeps happening. Now, the thing that's helping him is last year, of course – joining Tampa Bay. Um, of course, you had uh, Tom Brady was a, a big proponent in wanting him to come. He had a Super Bowl in the – or he had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That was a Super Bowl champion. And, of course, he – you know, people are saying that he could have changed his ways or it was just because he was alongside Tom Brady. But he's still a free agent. And while his likely destination – is probably Tampa Bay, even though I don't think Tampa Bay really needs him. I think that teams, you know, you haven't seen a lot. Of, you've seen a lot of teams interested in him, but you haven't seen anyone pull the trigger because they don't know, you know, um, you don't know what you're getting. Are you getting the Antonio Brown that we had last year? Uh, the one that I guess, quote unquote, played nice. I hate saying that against a grown, grown ass man, but was able to be a team player and and help you know you didn't hear anything uh, any outbursts or anything and of course they won the Super Bowl or are you going to get the Antonio Brown from this is from the Raiders or from the Patriots or or not in Patriots from the Steelers so where do I think he should go Antonio Brown is still a he still has the talent to be a number one wide receiver I think Again, coming back last year after a whole a long hiatus, uh, the NFL exemplist, like or the commissioner exemplist, I think, I think he needs to go to a place where he, one, 
is able to behave, I guess. Damn, I, hate, I really do hate saying that. But a place that needs a wide receiver. A place that needs a number one wide receiver. And I think Antonio Brown's best fit is the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens need him as much as he needs the Baltimore Ravens. I think that uh, if he do, if if it doesn't work out in Tampa, of course he has a relationship with Hollywood Brown. I think that's his like cousin or nephew or something like that. And I, of course he worked out with um Antonio uh, what's his name Lamar Jackson last offseason. And I think I think we've been talking about for time and time again that the thing holding one of the things holding Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens back is the lack of a developing pass game and you can't develop a pass game when you have when you don't have a number one receiver and I think Antonio Brown will definitely solve those problems I don't I think Lamar Jackson does need to do uh some some work itself of course but I think that Antonio Brown would be a perfect fit for Baltimore I think he you know it, it, he's needed in Baltimore and I think he, he need, I mean, he's a free agent right now. He wants money. Baltimore has it. Uh, and he wants, I think, some security. And I think Baltimore can give it to him. And it gives Lamar Jackson that weapon that he so desperately. Because Hollywood Brown is not a number one. Boinkins is not a number one. Willie Sneed is not a number one. Antonio Brown will would would do wonders, in my, in my opinion, for Baltimore. Uh, let's go to Jadavion Clowney. This one's kind of easy. Uh, you know, I think today he's supposed to be, he was supposed to meet with the Browns on Monday, but due to, I guess, weather or whatever, he's going to meet today. I, I think he's going to end up with the Browns. Uh, I don't think he's really needed with the Browns, but, you know, let's have a serious conversation about Jadavion Clowney. Um, Jadavion Clowney is a former number one pick. Uh, in the last really the best season he's ever had in the NFL JJ Watt was hurt we haven't seen I haven't we haven't really seen a good Jadavion Clowney in a while hell it was forgotten on on me that he was with Tennessee last year and he could have and Tennessee's defense was god awful last year so it's I think if you're getting the number one overall pick, Jadavion Clowney, the, the one year he was really good for uh, Tennessee. I mean, not Tennessee, uh, the Texans. And, of course, the the college, South Carolina, Jadavion Clowney then. Of course, it you know, you along, you match him alongside uh, Miles Garrett. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. But at some point, we had, are we really going to get that? And should we even expect that? Because... We said that when he went to uh, when he went to Seattle, didn't work out. We said that when he went to Tennessee, didn't work out. So it's just like at some point, what? Who is the Jadavion Clowney that we're getting? So I think he's going to end up with the Browns, and I, I I think we just have to wait and see if he is the Jadavion Clowney that he was projected to be in that one season with with Houston, then. The then the Browns most definitely have a shot to at least make it to the AFC Championship because their defense is going to be on another level. However, if you're getting the Jadavion Clowney that we've seen 
since he left Houston and most of his time in Houston. Not to mention, Davion Clowney has dealt with injuries almost every year. And it's it's like, at some point, when are we going to start looking at him as what he is? And that is a, a marginal player. So, but I think that he'll end up with the Browns. Uh, I think that's pretty much a done deal because I don't really hear much chatter for him like that. So, uh, let's, you know, we got Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson is a, is a cornerback at Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh will be able to afford him unless he, like, takes a, a huge discount. And he is still, I'm not going to say a top corner, but he's still a very good corner. And he was a really bright, he was a, he was a bright spot for Pittsburgh last year. After, like, of course he was good all season, but, you know, there weren't many bright spots after the 11-0 start. He was still a bright spot the entire season, along with T.J. Watt and everything. I think this kind of falls hand-in-hand with what they need, which is Dallas. I think Dallas, we all know Dallas gave up the most uh, points in franchise history last year. And they, of course, they can hit the draft and this, that, and the third, but they need some help, especially when we talk about corners and safeties. They need some help. And some of their top corners and top safe that's 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 you know they've already been picked up so i think that steven nelson will be perfect for dallas i think he i think he'll be able to make the most money probably in dallas cuz i don't know how they be where they be finding this money at. i mean jerry jones has a bank that not a lot of people have i just think steven nelson will end up in 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 dallas i honestly do um cuz i think it, it's I think I don't know. I, I don't see who else would really need a cornerback except for maybe Kansas City. But I don't. Th- I think Dallas can give Stephen Nelson more money than Kansas City. So um, I have Stephen Nelson ending up in Dallas. Melvin Gore, Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram is 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 a different. Um, <laughs> he's a little different. He's thirty two. He plays for the the the. He's an edge rusher, of course, and he plays for the Chargers, and. He is he's still very productive. I know his age kind of scares scares off a couple people and I I don't really foresee him leaving uh the Chargers, but if he were to leave, I think he'd be perfect in Seattle. Seattle's biggest problem is defense and their offensive line. They 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 are god awful. They can't get to the rush. Their best their best pass rusher <laughs> is a safety, which is Jamal Adams. Um I think they need someone that that demands a double team and that is that is serviceable and that's Melvin Ingram. Uh I think Melvin what the Melvin Ingram can do is Melvin Ingram can get to the quarterback and that is the one thing. That's one of the things that Seattle struggles with. And I I, I can see Melvin Ingram going to uh Seattle and he'll I think he'll make you just kind of like how Jamal Murray, Jamal Adams made a huge impact in Seattle. I think Melvin Ingram can do the same thing. Again, I know he's 32, and I know people looking at his age like, whoa. But, hey, I think that he's still serviceable. And I think that, I mean, hell, he was just ranked like 50th or whatever in NFL uh, top 100 maybe two years ago. So, yeah. And uh, we can go Le'Veon Bell. 
Le'Veon Bell is kind of a unique story, man. Le'Veon Bell, of course, we know what happened, how it ended in in Pittsburgh. He goes to the Jets. The Jets are god awful. There's nothing good about the Jets. He then goes to Kansas City, and he he shot he showed flashes. Now I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure if Le'Veon Bell is still a, a top back in the league. I know he was hit with a lot of injuries, and I mean due to finance you know due to like holdouts and everything he missed a significant amount of time and injuries of course but I, I I think that he will be great in Buffalo Buffalo does not have a running game their best running running their best running back is Josh Allen and he's the quarterback I mean Devin Singletary is cool but I think even if he's diminished Le'Veon Bell would be better than Devin Singletary so I think Le'Veon Bell would be perfect for Buffalo. Um, not to mention Buffalo has a really good offensive line. So, and we know the the um, patient running game that Le'Veon Bell presents, and I think it will it 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 will give a it will give the the Buffalo Bills another layer that they don't have because nobody's fearing Devin Singletary or what Matt Brea coming in the backfield like nobody nobody's scared of that so but I think Le'Veon Bell will definitely open up a lot for not only Diggs but the tight ends and and of course it'll help Josh Allen a lot more so I have Le'Veon Bell going to the uh, Buffalo Buffalo Bills you got Casey Hayward cornerback um here's the thing about Casey Hayward man uh Casey Hayward's 31 and I think I don't think I, the 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 Chargers are in a tough place, man. They they have a lot of people that they need to pay, and but I don't know they have a lot of money to pay. So I can see Casey Hayward going to Atlanta. Atlanta was god awful. Atlanta was one of the worst defenses last year, and especially when we talk about cornerbacks and safeties, they were give hell. You remember the Dak Prescott game where they were down and and he had like five hundred yards. You like they they. They are god awful at the at the cornerback position. I think Casey Hayward is still one of the top, still a top cornerback in the league, and I think that he will do wonders for Atlanta. And I, I don't I don't know the money situation. I know that Matt Ryan's contract really throws a dent in a lot of things, but I do think that Casey Hayward and Atlanta would be perfect for each other because he will definitely be a huge proponent, like a he will have a huge role in Atlanta. So. Russell Oku, <laughs> Russell. See, here's the thing about Russell, man. Russell Okun is is he's 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 up there in age. He's 32. He was in Carolina. Um, he's dealt with some injuries, but he's still a very serviceable player. And you know, I think him being a offensive tackle. I think that he needs to go to a place one that needs the offensive line. There's there's a lot of people. I mean, you can you, you can look at um Kansas City, you can look at uh who else needs the offensive line. You can kind of look at Green Bay a little bit. But I think Russell Okup would be perfect for Philly. Not only will he be great for uh Jalen Hurts and of as course mentorship and everything, but Philly, you want to protect your guy and Philly had a Philly was one of the most sacked places last or Philly had was one of the most sacked, all, you know, all offenses in the league. Like they were giving up sacks left and right. 
and I think Russell Okun will Wakud will be great for to play with you know and protect Jalen Hurts. So that's where I have him going. Olivier Vernon, edge. I have. I mean, I think that he'll be perfect in Green Bay. I think what we saw, especially against Tampa. Green Bay's defense, as far as getting to Tom Brady, they couldn't. They couldn't do it. I mean, I know you have the the Smith brothers and 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 everything, but they they need someone that can. They need another person that can try to get to the quarterback, and I think that Olivier Vernon can can do that. And I think he'll be perfect for Green Bay. KJ Wright, linebacker, played plays with Seattle for some reason I have no I guess money wise but I have no idea why Seattle is just letting letting people go they let Griffin go they let um they let some people go on the defense even though their defense is god awful and I think KJ Wright should definitely stay or I think let me see this I think Seattle needs to try everything in their power to keep KJ Wright but if KJ Wright were to leave I think he would be perfect for Kansas City. And it's like, oh, Seattle to Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City, we saw a lot. Like, Kansas City has a tough time at linebacker position. And K, while K.J. Wright isn't a top, top linebacker, he's still a very serviceable linebacker. And I think that he will just bolster that defense. And, and quiet as it's kept, Patrick Mahomes covers a lot of – a lot of – imperfections with Kansas City. Their defense is still not not top notch. They don't really get a lot of sacks. Hell, they're they're one they're they're very they're they're one of the bottom teams in sacks. Uh their running game is still even though they have Clyde Edwards Lair, their running game is still a little iffy. They just have Patrick Mahomes. And uh I think KJ Wright will be perfect for Kansas City. And lastly, the last person we'll talk about is Eric Fisher. Now we don't know the Eric Fisher we're getting. He's coming off of a back surgery, and he's an offensive lineman. And that that a back when your back goes out in your offensive line, that's 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 not a marriage that you want. However, if he's still able to get back to where he was, he's still one of the top offensive linemen in the league. And I think that Seattle would be the place for him. We've been talking about the longest held. The whole rift between Seattle and Russell Wilson right now is. He wants them to protect him better. And what best is what what would be better to give him Eric Fisher, one of the better offensive linemen in the league. So I think though that's where some of those players will go. Um, I don't know, you know. I think I think that they could go, you know. Th- those are some places. I don't know if they will. There's still a whole lot of uh like a an, an a lot of of um free agents. I mean you have Brandon Poole, I mean, Brian Poole, you have Alejandro Villanueva, I mean, you have, what, Rick Wagner, Richard Sherman, uh, he can go somewhere, um, James Conner, he just got signed with uh, Arizona, I believe, uh, you know, there's they're still, they're still players, P.J. Hall, Trey Boston, you know, they're, they're still players, Alden Smith, that, that, there's a lot of free agents still left, and I'm excited to see where they go. And a lot of these free agents can can be game changers for teams. So it's it's you know, I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. But moving forward, uh WrestleMania thirty seven was was what the pet this following or this past weekend. And while I'm not a huge wrestling fan now, like I don't I don't watch it. I used to. I used to be a big, big wrestling fan, man. I used to 
you know, be a huge rock fan, Undertaker, uh, Jeff Hardy. I thought, even though my big self, I thought it was Jeff Hardy uh, jumping off chairs and stuff. You know, I used to love wrestling, but that doesn't negate the fact that wrestling is still huge, man. And it had a two-night WrestleMania event, uh, you know, Randy Orton beat the Fiend. I don't know how some of these people are, but I'm just, you know. Randy Orton beat the Fiend. Um, Roman Reigns beat Edge and Daniel Bryan. Uh, Shouts out to Becca Belair uh, for beating Sasha Banks. That's the first time in WWE history that two African-Americans were headlining WrestleMania. It was, they broke it up into two nights, which I thought it was really good and really cool. And it's, of course, I, they can say they're social distancing, but it's kind of hard when you have thousands upon thousands of people um, in, a, in, an arena, in a stadium. They're in Tampa in a stadium. Uh, I don't know how the hell you social distance, but hey, it is what it is. But shouts out to WrestleMania for putting on a a, a one thing that Wrestle like WWE does and, and, and Vince McMahon do is they put on a show. That's that's one reason why there was such a draw for the XFL when it came back. You know, he puts on the show and the XFL looked great. You know, it's WrestleMania there's there's WrestleMania and wrestling still has die hard fans. And one thing that they can do a lot wrong. They can do a lot wrong as far as um promotion, especially promoting different uh fighters and promoting different wrestlers and of course, you still have a- AEW and whatever. But one thing that the, the the WWE does is they'll put on a damn show. Whether it's WrestleMania, whether it's SummerSlam, whether it's Survivor Series, whether it's uh, what Royal Rumble. They will put on a show. So, shouts out to WrestleMania 37 for being a huge success. Uh, and when I say, I mean... I think I don't know, but I, I I'm sh- I'm sh- I think that when when we talk about what SmackDown and Raw, they haven't really had fans like that. So the fact that you're introducing more fans back, and then of course the biggest spectacle in the sport, which is uh, WrestleMania, they 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 did what they want. They did what they set out to do, and they put on a damn good show, a two day show at that. So shouts out to WrestleMania for WrestleMania 37 for being a hit. Moving forward. So, another, you know, Julian Edelman retires. Uh, he failed a physical, another one. And Julian Edelman has been beat up, man. He's been beat up his entire career. Like, he's, he's, he's gone through it. Whether it's concussions or leg injuries or back injuries, he's, he's been, he's been, he's an Iron Man. He's been hurt. But the question has arisen now that he's not playing, is he a Hall of Famer? I'll say this. While I don't think he is a Hall of Famer, I do think that he has had an unbelievable career. You know, being a seventh-round pick, uh, undersized wide receiver, not the fastest wide receiver. Um, And, of course, we know about how many hits he's taken. And I think that he has had an unbelievable career. I mean – if you if you just cut the regular season out, cut the regular season out, and you just look at his super, I mean his um, look at his playoff record, 
Oh yes, or or stats. Oh yes, most definitely a Hall of Famer. But you you, you can't do that. I think he and this isn't a even though I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. There's a lot of people that's not in the Hall of Fame that I think are great. Tory Holt, um, you know he he was one of the people like he's what oh Willis Begay like Willis Begay. There's there's a lot of great players that just aren't in the Hall of Fame, and I think that. Even though I don't think Julian Edelman should be a Hall of Famer, he's a multiple Super Bowl champion. He's a Super Bowl MVP, and he he's one of the greatest. He's one of the great, at least stats people. He's one of the greatest uh, playoff performers we've ever seen. Now, I also understand that playing alongside Tom Brady definitely helps. Uh, and and there's no question that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever, but. You know, again, congratulations for Julian Edelman for the retirement. And while I don't think he's a he's a Hall of Famer, I don't think that I think it's also true. Or I would say this, even though I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, that doesn't take away from the fact that he's had an incredible career. Uh, and he he's he's had a he's had a great career. He's had. You know, when you look at some players like there's some players that would trade their their unbelievable stats and this that and the third for a Julian Edelman career seeing as though he's a, he's a multiple Super Bowl champ champion Hall of uh MVP of the Super Bowl like you know I, I, while no I don't think he's a Hall of Famer he has had an incredible career and shouts out to um Julian Edelman for you know his retirement and in, in a an uh, unbelievable career even though it wasn't filled with stats or whatever, he's had a great career, especially, you know, being a seventh-round pick. And not to mention being a seventh-round pick that I believe was a quarterback in college that had to switch to a wide receiver uh, in, in NFL. So, shouts out to Julian Edelman, man. Moving forward, I just want to say shouts out to Alex Rodriguez and Mark Love, uh, two people with extreme amount of money for purchasing the Timberwolves. I do think it's kind of crazy that they didn't allow like a, a former player, like I don't know, Kevin Garnett, to purchase it, even though he tried. And you know, I, I do like that a minority that is Alex Alex Rodriguez um, is owning the team, or is a partial owner of the team. Uh, I know he tried to buy the Mets, I believe, and that just didn't work out. So the fact that he was able to buy the Timberwolves is pretty cool. Um, shouts out to him. Shouts out to shouts out to Mark Love. Again, I do think it sucks that you know you have athletes or players that f- formerly played for the team that you wouldn't let purchase it in the in even though they I don't even which is crazy because they told Kevin Garnett it's not for sale anymore and then boom Alex Rodriguez bought it so it is what it is. Um, and lastly before we go. Uh, I just want to send my prayers and condolences to Jamal Murray. While we talk about the greatness of Steph Curry, and of course he passed Wilt Chamberlain in in scoring uh, for Golden State in that same game. Towards the end, the last minute, Jamal Murray uh, goes down. Uh, it looked it was a knee, and it it didn't look good at all. And of course, as a sports fan and someone that's played basketball, you hope for the best. You know, you hope for the best that it wasn't as bad. And it was confirmed yesterday that it was a torn ACL, and uh, he will be out indefinitely. 
I do think, you know, I definitely send my prayers and condolences to him and I hope for a speedy recovery. I think with Jamal Murray being out, that kind of kills the kills Denver's chances of uh, at least making it to a finals. I think while Jokic is good and, and argue, he could be the MVP, I think that Jamal Murray means so much to them offensively, uh, especially – He's, I mean, outside of maybe Will Barton, but he can't really do that on a on a on a consistent level, in my opinion. He's probably one of the only people on the team that can put the ball on the ground and really create their own shot at a high level. I mean, we saw how great he was in the bubble, putting up fifties against, you know, uh, LeBron and them, and putting up the fifties against um, Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. So. I do think that with Jamal Murray being out, that kills Denver's chances of um, winning a championship. And, you know, it's 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 true that the reason why you're seeing a lot of these injuries is due to the fact that the season was sped up. Um, they had a short offseason and they had they a condensed offseason and they're having a condensed condensed regular season but the players knew that this was going to happen like if they didn't play there would there would most definitely be a strike they would have to change the cba and they could lose a lot more money and it's like that's why you're seeing players like ad who's missed uh, like like eight to nine weeks that's why you're seeing lebron on a on a high ankle sprain if it says three to six, he's going to the six. That's why we saw um, KD out for damn near two months. Like, players are getting injured at a, at a high clip, and and that's because their bodies aren't used to it, and it, they need longer times, and they're going to take longer times, especially players and teams that have more to lose. Like, I, if go, I'm almost sure if – Kevin Durant and, and the Brooklyn Nets weren't in the position that they could win a championship, he probably would have been back. If LeBron James and AD had no opportunity to win a championship, they probably would have been back. But that's you're, you're seeing that due to the, the limited amount of the limited offseason, players are getting hurt more. And it's unfortunate, man. And again, I pray for Jamal Murray, and I pray for a speedy recovery. So... That that's that's just what it is, man. Um, and there you have it. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate all you guys listening. I appreciate all you guys watching. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It would definitely mean a lot to me. Uh, if you want the Unpopular Podcast merch, I have hoodies, shirts, sweaters, whatever you need. The link is in the description below. Uh, please share. Please comment. Please subscribe. I definitely like talking to you guys. Please uh, subscribe to the or follow me on social medias or follow the p- podcast page on social medias. The link is in the description. Uh, I love you guys. And until next time, much love. I've heard it all. Our conversations got me feeling I'm the fool. Like I should have listened when they said that you treat me like he did Said I did it all Situation makes me feel I'm not a man at all Swore I'd be this for 
that I'd catch you fall I guess I couldn't handle it No And I know you're probably thinking I ain't worth shit But I never want anyone to bring you any harm And I take it all back just to have you in my arms And I know for a fact who we were into we are But you don't care about no 